1: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
2: Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, Oh no, I muted myself. <laughs> I was so confident about starting the show then. I was muted. Sorry. Hello, welcome to the Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're well. Um, you join us for what is one of our phone-in shows. Uh, I haven't done one of these in a while, actually. I think I can't remember the last time we did it. I think it was at the end of the uh I think it was at the end of the transfer window. I think that was the last time that we did uh did one of these. But uh, what these basically are is an opportunity for people to listen to the show that don't typically get the chance to jump on because usually uh, people who jump on the show are members who come onto our preview shows. And so we give an opportunity to, to you all to, to jump on. If you would like to get involved on today's phone-in show, whether you've been on the show before, maybe you've not been on the show before, you'd be like to come on and have a chat about something to do with Arsenal, try and come armed with a topic of some kind. Um, the link to do that is in the video description. Um, if it's not there, just refresh your page and it should be there. Um, but yeah, I look forward to hearing from from many of you. If you don't feel comfortable coming on the show, that's fine. I should say that you need to be over the age of 18, uh, you need to have a quiet place to record, a good internet connection, and a webcam as well. Uh, just because for legitimate, uh, legitimate, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Legitimacy reasons. There we go, that's the one I wanted. So, yeah, because of all of that, um, that's why we're doing it that way. So, if you want to get involved link is in the video description but we're going to jump into the chat box as well to do a few uh, chatty things whilst we wait for people to to join in and to get involved uh let's do a temmy who says uh, hopefully you can do a mid season review for us it could be interesting it's certainly on the agenda of things that I'm planning on doing. Um, I really look forward, hopefully, to to looking back over the course of this season, which I want to do a little bit in this show today and talk about some different topics with you guys regarding Arsenal as well. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, good evening, Lynn. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're well. Since uh, says, I went into my local store this morning in Harlow, and even the security man was on a high, so everyone is just buzzing. <laughs> uh, everyone just seems to be in a different mindset. I really didn't think I'd be this excited. I can't believe it for Christmas has come early and I am so proud of the team. You know, absolutely. I could not be happier as well, you know, with the situation that we find ourselves in as Arsenal fans, because if we're being very honest, we have been, we have been starved. Uh, you know, we've been really starved of the opportunity to be where we are. We've suffered for a hell of a long time um, and really, really hope that, uh, uh, we can see this continue into the new year. Not even the new year. You know, we've got to think about West Ham and Brighton, of course, before 2023 rolls around. Uh, Arsenal analyst says, Evening Tom, looking forward to this one and guests that you've lined up. I've not lined up any guests. You know, I'm completely, I'm, I'm relying on you guys to jump in. Uh, the link is in the video description. Mohammed, I see you going, where is the link? It's it's down below, mate. It's down below. That's how you can get involved. Uh, let's bring in our first couple of callers to the show. First of all, we've got Albert. How you doing, mate? You good, well?
3: Yeah, not not bad, mate. Another another day in the office, isn't it?
2: What can I say? Absolutely. And we've also got King. How are you doing, King? You good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good, man. Bring us the uh, the sofa that's made out of your jumper. Let's. Uh...
4: <laughs> there
2: <we laughs> there <do>. it is. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> I didn't get the cap memo, and I can't, I'm looking around and I can't see one, so oh, I won't be able to join oh, you man. boys either. Um, Albert, we'll, we'll start with you, mate tell me the tell me the topic that you'd like you kind of really would love to discuss and, and to just kind of bring up into the sphere of Arsenal right now.
3: Um where do I start Tom? Because there's so many to choose from to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But you know what for me and I've kind of banged on about this for uh, probably the last 12 months in terms of our defense. Um we, we've and, and particular one individual, which you might f- know I'm going to bring up, Tom, but I'll, I won't get to it just yet. Um, hmm. yeah, um, I think one of the biggest issues we've had, I, I had as, a, as an Arsenal fan, is having a defense that we can rely on as, as an Arsenal fans, um, not going to games in trepidation, um, of, of conceding silly goals or the, the, the poor quality and depth. But I said last season that you know what, we've got a nucleus of a of a defence that we can probably be a little bit more confident about but having said that we need to let them bed in, like give them a season, mm. call it a free hit Tom but you know you could see there were makings there of a very good defence and obviously Saliba came back as well, um, once that was put to bed and you know he's come back to Arsenal he's been exceptional um, Gabriel, people, look, people have their moments with him but by and large Tom the money we paid for Gabriel and Saliba, we've committed daylight robbery at Arsenal Football Club for the rest of Europe.
2: <laughs> Let, let's
3: be serious because you've seen the money floating around for the cost of players and, and, and defenders uh, within the Premier League, by the way. Um, mm. And we've done pretty, pretty well. And one more thing I want to say before I sort of finish up is I want to give a best massive shout-out, particularly to Ben White. Um, I did a show on him on judges on TV because I just think one, I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves, Tom. Um, I think some mm. sections, I use the key word sections of the Arsenal fan base, need to give their heads a slight wobble um, because <laughs> he's been he's been fantastic. But, Tom, I don't say that in a way that I'm here to say I told you so. I'm saying it because mm. I've seen this guy play in the league from, from being at Leeds to what we've seen at Brighton. The last three seasons, Tommy's had to play in three different positions defensively. And he's been... I'm going to keep it clean. He's been superb and he deserves the recognition.
2: I mean, there's a lot of superlatives that you could have used to keep it clean. So I'm curious as to what you were actually going for. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But no, he has been brilliant. You know, Ben White, I think, again, you know, people were calling him Ben, you know what? Yeah,
3: six and all this stuff. Yeah, Tom, and- did you, Tom, did you see that pass he hit for Ben
2: um for Jesus? There was two, Oh, yeah, There were two passes in God. the game oh my against Wilson were just brilliant. Like absolutely unreal. Um, yeah, the defense has been like ridiculously strong. And we think about you can make a back five, including the keeper out of sighting yeah. who's just made exactly. play Arteta, You know, obviously Sleeva doesn't count in that part, even though he's brilliant, but you can use White, Saliba, uh, sorry, White, Tommy, Asu, Gabriel, um, Zinchenko, and Ramsdale, and you've got yourself a great back four. But Saliba, the fact that he's been able to be integrated, the fact yeah. that he might even renew his contract, which a year ago, you know, half of us would have been like, "There's no chance that that would ever be a possibility." But that in itself has been great. King, welcome to the show, my friends. Hope you're good and well. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Arsenal, top of the
5: league, five points clear of Man City. <laughs> Certain man's legend, you know, is you know over there in Manchester, yeah. The drama over there. It's nice when it's
2: not us, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. Nice when it's
5: not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's great to be an Arsenal fan right now. But I think Mm. what's even more, 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 more grateful is the fact that we can see that there's a clear plan at the club and we are moving in the right direction. Whereas before, we weren't sure. But now we can see that we are moving in the right direction. And there's a long-term strategy where you can tell the Arsenal, if they continue this development, they will continue to be a top team for, for a while because we have such a healthy organization now, a healthy structure. We got, you know, we, when it comes to Josh, Winai, Tim Lewis, uh, Edu, uh, Garlic, Everybody got a clear role. And that's why we've got a healthy club now. And we haven't had a healthy club for a very long time where we've had issues with player contracts. We've had issues with overpaying players. We've had issues getting too little payment from sponsorship deals. Like We've had so many issues. And all of that has been rectified. And I have to give uh, a big, 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 big applause to to Josh Cronkite and to everybody at the club who's been part of this renewal of, of Arsenal. It's great to see that we, we are in a healthy club now.
2: A healthy club is is the real key point, I think, because if you if you rewind, you know, even just, let's say, five years, um, five years ago, still under, I think, towards the end of Arsene Wenger's time at the club, maybe six years, Um and we really were kind of what we thought we'd hit rock bottom. Turns out we hadn't hit rock bottom and we finished eighth twice. <laughs> that was the real kind of rock bottom. But to me, I look at that, those both of those eighth places and think of it as a bit of a slide. And when Arteta took over, you can't just, it's not going to immediately upturn as soon as a manager comes in for the situation that we were in. It's kind of gone down. It continued to go down, but we've arrested that slide, turned it, and we're now certainly pushing higher than we've ever pushed. You know, in the last decade plus, it is really a strong showing and you know we look back to when we finished uh second in what was it 2016, 2016 I think it was yeah. when we finished behind Leicester you know we finished second on the last day of the season you know when we overtook Spurs so it's not like you know it's it, I wouldn't it was never we were never in a title race really I know what we went above Leicester I think it was what when that well-bet goal when we scored against Leicester um I never Great. saw that I never felt like that season Arsenal were challenging for the title at any point whereas this season there's something different There's something very different about it. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll get one more point from the two of you before we bring in our next uh, couple of guests uh, for the show. I'm curious, Albert, as to your thoughts on the January window and how confident Mm. you are, of course, about what we might do. I know that you love asking me what we might do, but I'm curious as to what you think we might do and how confident you are about it.
3: Oh, Tom, confidence in Arsenal January transfer windows are not something... do very, very well to
2: be honest with you. Oh, I probably speak
3: for a lot of Arsenal fans when I say that. Um, Tom, I, I I am confident and and for me to say that it's really got to be something. Um, because we was in a position this time where we was last time, last season where we should have been pushing for you know Champions League qualification. Mm. And we didn't want to for whatever reason you wanna, I don't want to go over it too much, Tom, because we want to bask in the glory of you know, being top of the league, but um, we didn't make the necessary adjustments we needed to make in order to push on. Regardless of you're an Arsenal fan or there's certain sections of the media, no, no offence, Tom, um, Arsenal, are in a t- Arsenal are in a title race. <laughs> Arsenal yeah. are in a title race. That's a completely whole different ball game. I always say you strengthen from a position of strength. It would be absolute lunacy for Arsenal not to do that. So mm. I minimum personally would expect two players to come in, in the positions I'm not, in the positions I'm not sure because if you're talking about for example Thomas Stryker, for example say, strikers are very difficult to get in transfer in January transfer windows. One position I say is, is really not impossible but difficult. But I would expect two more to come in Tom because I think the wake up call after the Brighton game in the Carabao Cup was, is that I'm not sure as Arsenal fans we can. Re- and probably Arteta thinks it as well. To be fair to. Mm that we can't rely on the fringe players to come in and support the first 11 or or to give us an extra push to go for a league title. I think that was evident. So I'd be disappointed not to see two come in. But to be greedy, Tom, I want to see three come
2: in. Wow. Yeah, I I think we might be lucky, you know, to see three um, come in. I think it's much more likely that we see... Uh, you know the the two Uh, I think that there's a really good chance Arsenal could sign two players between now and and the end of January that would really kind of push us on to what we want to achieve Um, there was I wanted to bring this up with you King because there was a tweet I saw I was desperately trying to find it um, whilst uh, Albert was talking there but unfortunately I haven't been able to but it has got quite a lot of attention on Twitter today and basically it was a tweet around the idea that if Arsenal don't win the league, it could be considered a failure considering the fact that Arsenal sit, sit five points ahead at this stage of the season. And I, I, it's, it's a point of view that I don't think, you know, this tweet got thousands of likes on it, you know. So it's clearly a point of view held by a fair few number of people. So I kind of want to get your viewpoint on the idea and the, the theory that if Arsenal weren't to say win the title, it would still be considered a failure. No, no, no. I
5: think that's, that's the view of, of, of people who can't admit that Arteta's turned it around, that he's actually a good manager. Mm. And oh, I
2: found Arsenal... it. Do you want me to read it to you, King? I've got Ooh. it. I've got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So the tweet uh, is from AtmoArsenal86. Uh, it's got 2,169 likes, uh, 249 retweets. Not that that makes your point any stronger, but just because it was spreading around Twitter, and this is why I saw it. Um, the tweet was, if Arsenal don't win the league this season, it's a failure. Uh, Don't hide behind that top four was an expectation. This is the third biggest club in England. Winning titles is the norm. We are now officially back in the championship contention. Anything other than titles is a failure, especially if we sign players in January. For me, this season is about gaining title race experience, but when you're five points ahead at Christmas, it's in your hands. And so it's a failure of sorts if we don't win it. My tweet is more so from next season onwards, but this one counts too. Don't be scared of the word failure. Embrace it. It's how you get better and set the bar high winning the title this season is absolutely the goal if you don't achieve your own goal how can it not be a failure you learn from it and you go again we definitely will win soon either way what do you make of that I I think that there is some fair points in it I I just think there is the expectation and I also would love to get some you know clarification on if we do fail quote-unquote by not winning the title does that you have to get rid of of the coach, because that's usually what happens when a team fails, isn't it? You usually get rid of, not in Arsenal's case, but in most of our team's cases, you get rid of the coach. So, yeah, what do you think about that? No, I think that's
5: that's been to, too, too, like, not seeing the bigger picture. So, I think one of the things that I've learned uh, this past few years with Arsenal is that long-term strategy gives you long-term success. We see that with Man City, we've seen that with Liverpool, where the short term, that mm. doesn't work anymore. And that's the reason why you can win a, a cup because it's just 10 games or 12 games in Champions League where we've seen that with Chelsea. But when was the last time Chelsea were in the title race? Probably when, since Conte left. Like, mm. They haven't really been even in a title race. Mm. So for me, yeah, the only way we can measure failure is what was the expectation when the season started? The expectation was to get into top four, either through the league or or through uh, Europa League. So if Arsenal finish outside top four and don't win the Europa League, yes, then that's a failure from the manager. Mm. But I still think that the club, in terms of player recruitment, in terms of turning the fan base, supporting the club, I think all of that. We can't look past that. Even if you, when you watch Arsenal, and I went to see them against Wolves, like whenever we score, you know, all the players gather together. There's this camarade, there's this 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 brotherhood where mm. everybody, you know, are there to fight for each other. I've not seen that for so many years. When when Granit Xhaka, one of our main players, one of our leaders, was sick and had to get off the pitch previous arsenal teams it would affect them mentally we've seen us getting bad injuries or key players leave the team and we just crumble and and we lose or draw the game but no one was stressed everybody was focused on 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 winning the game and making sure that we leave there with three points and these are also things that we have to look at as something that is good for Arsenal Football Club Mm. and it's helping us becoming a a, a monster of of a team. I know a lot of people have said it's just been 14 games but I also look at it the style of play we are playing, the amount of goals we are scoring, Mm. the way we dominate games it hasn't been by luck. Like I look Mm. at Arsenal and I look at that defence that you talked about that's a title-winning defense. I feel like our defense—I'm sorry—it's better than Man City. I look oh, at Man City's game. It's games a big shout, bro. And... I
2: love it, though. Yeah,
5: no, no. But, but, but if, if you look at it, if you look at it, Tom. here, the only players Man City is missing is, is Kyle Walker. He's the only one who's missing for mm. their defense when it comes to first-team players. Mm. And look at how many goals they're leaking. Look at how fragile they look. When when, when when teams play them. Look at the Aston Villa game, the Newcastle game, the Brentford game. Even against Man United, they conceded three goals. Like, they've conceded a lot of goals this season. And there's mm. been a lot of games where you look at them and you'd
2: be like, you can go at them. Yeah, you know, yeah. Even, even it's about the that. unit as well, isn't it? Because it's not just about going, oh, you know, if we did a combined 11, you know, on an individual yeah, yeah, basis. Yeah. It's about, you know, the unit, the togetherness of that mm. unit. And, you know, Ruben D hasn't been starting too many games recently either. And, I think it's I think it's a fair argument. I, I think it's a fair argument. The Saliba has raised the level considerably. Ben White has been, as Albert was discussing, fantastic. Gabriel has got mistakes in him, granted, you know, and I think that he's probably the one that would struggle the most to get into City's back line, but he's still really important to what we do, especially in that back two. He's, he's had mistakes, but he's still been really strong. And then Zinchenko, when he's fit and available, you know, he was already playing for City, you know, so... And they didn't even really replace him because they brought in Sergio Gomez that isn't at the same level. And yes, they've got Jarrell Cancelo, who probably is the best right or left back in both teams. So he's just on a different planet. But I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's yeah, a fair point.
5: But even with, with Cancelo, you would say he, he he's, he's better than Ben White going forward. His mm. passing, his crossing, all of that is, is on a world-class level. But mm. this season, you can go at him in defense. He's nothing good defending. And that's the thing What I'm saying. It's not about the four or five best players. It's about the five players that make the team better. And that's where mm. I feel like we are ahead of City in, in, in defense, for me.
2: King. Well said, mate. Well said. Uh Albert King, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to bring in our next two guests as well. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me, boys. Tell people where they can find you both. Albert, I'll start with you. Thank you, Tom. Um, people can
3: find me at Albert JTV. I'll be doing some World Cup content as well as Arsenal content in recent weeks to come.
2: Beautiful. King, pleasure as always, my friend.
3: Yeah, you can find me on the Discord
5: and you can also find me on Kings Football Show. I'll also do some World Cup content. It was great to be
2: here. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Absolute legend. Appreciate both of you. Cheers, boys. Have a good well, one. Okay, see you mate. later. Later. A massive thank you to King and Albert for jumping on the show. We're going to bring our next two guests in, Mohammed and Elliot. James and Bill, I see both of you. I'm going to bring you on in the next rounds. Okay. So don't go anywhere. I'll bring you in. But Mohammed and Elliot did get here first. So let's bring them both in. Mohammed, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, Tom. How are you? Nice very to see good, you again mate. after this long time, this long
6: month you didn't uh, do the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I've not done a phone-in show. It's all my fault. I've been very busy. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, it's the main reason is evenings have been reserved for the misses. That, that's that been the main reason. So my suggestion,
6: shows. Tom, my suggestion to you, try
2: just once monthly, once, once every month. Monthly. Yes. It might be something we can do. We'll see. We'll see if yes. you're into the schedule. Elliot, how are you doing, my friend? Good to see you back. Good to
7: see you, Tom. Always great to talk to you, especially in our lofty and uh, you know penthouse position.
2: Mm, yeah, indeed. You know, what was the last time we spoke? It was on deadline day, I think it was. Yes. Um, it was me, me, and you and Elliot. I think it was. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, we're it was.
7: Together, I think we were all together at the same time.
2: Indeed. Yes. It's funny how things work <laughs> coming back around. Anyway, Mohammed, we'll start with you. Um, what is the point you'd like to raise coming onto the show?
6: Yes, uh, the main question that everyone asks is is Arsenal can um, compete until the last meters, until the end, competing for the title with City. This is the main question that everyone asks. For me, to compete with City till the last meters, till the uh, the last weeks on the title, I think uh, three conditions must happen. First of all, the January transfer window. Um, This transfer window is unique this is like for me my analysis is like a summer transfer window because this break 40 days all clubs are preparing very well for the window like the summer window and if you add that we played 14 or 15 matches in the league so every every team has played a quarter of the season and uh, they see their needs in the position so uh, every our rivals will will spend so arsenal must act we must not Uh, do the same mistake as last year, not bringing anyone uh, in January, and last year affected us badly. So first um, condition, we must act and add in the market. Second condition, I think if we uh, pass this uh, difficult schedule in January, bearing in mind we will play West Ham At the 26th of December, then Spurs, then United,
2: Brighton, Brighton,
6: Mm. and uh, Newcastle. Yes. Yes. Five five tough matches. If we pass these five tough matches with positive results for me and entering February and already adding the necessary deals in January, this is two conditions. The third, we, we can just pray that the injury keep away from our uh, team and we can have all the uh, players fit enough, our our squad now. So for me, these three conditions are necessary for Arsenal to compete with City till the last meters. Two conditions with our hand, the January and the matches in in, in the schedule, hectic schedule in, in January. And the third one, we can just pray of it. So it's my yeah. main point that, that I wanted to raise with you, Tom.
2: Yeah, I think um, what a good comparison to January is, is, is looking back at October, you know, because we had the game against Spurs, we had the game against Liverpool, um, and off the top of my head, we played to play away at Leeds, Southampton, um, and was Southampton the last game in the month? I think there might have been one more as well that's, that's skipping my mind. But I mean, if you think about it, these are games that were, people were looking at and going, well, you know, Arsenal are going to have an absolutely awful October. Nottingham Forest was the last game in that month. Um, and we had obviously also, I think, because it was nine games that month, we also had the four Europa League games on top of that. So the question mark was around not only the level of opposition that we were playing in terms of Spurs and Liverpool, and to some extent, you know, Southampton, who we'd lost to last season, and Leeds, who were a side that definitely caused us problems during a period where we had game after game after game against PSV and, of course, by Glimpse as well it was always going to be a question of can we come through that month? And we did. We came through that month and we were still top, even though we had more games than what we will face in January. Although on top of the games that you mentioned there, we'll also have an FA Cup third round fixture uh, yeah. at some point put into that schedule as well. I think it's it's fair in terms of point one. We absolutely need to make sure that we come out of that month still with a gap. I don't think we can be level with City. I think we need to maintain some kind of gap between now in the end of January to really have the best chance possible of continuing to push forwards. And when we come up against, because my feeling is, is that if we're going to win the title in one of the two games that we play against City, we have to win one of them, but we have to beat them at least once in one of the two games that we play them. So that if we lose the other, it basically negates that. And so you just have to do better than city have across all the rest of the 36 games that you'll play across the season. The second point, January, absolutely. We need to make sure that we strengthen I'd be going for your Mudrix of this world. Yeah, I, I don't mind your shout of Leandro Trossard that I know you brought up previously. You know, I think yeah. as long as we strengthen the wide area with someone that's versatile and that can cover in multiple areas, or it means that Gabriel Martinelli can even play on the right or the left or even through the middle if we need him to, I think that it gives us another option. And the other area, of course, as we all know, is central midfield and adding yeah. someone that can cover both Granit Xhaka and and be competitive in both senses. The third point, injuries out of my hands. No one knows what's going to happen yeah. with that. And ultimately, yes. it could it, it could backfire on us. It, it could be awful. Fingers crossed it won't be. And we have a Leicester-esque year where no one gets injured. Um, Elliot, you've joined us as well. Welcome. What is the point that, that you'd like to bring to the conversation?
7: I want to talk about uh, Gabriel Jesus uh, and his goals and uh, lack of goals thereof. But more specifically, if his play is more of a help than a hindrance uh, to our side. Now, I'm thinking, uh, from, from my point of view, that it's more of a help, uh, mm. quite simply, I think. And, and because he is more of a help to us, I think he has limited Manchester City uh, because they are lacking of his services this year. Now, let me explain. Uh, I think you were referring to, uh, in a few of your, uh, of your ATM uh, broadcasts, that... Uh, there is more of a funnel sort of uh, yeah of,
2: the bottleneck scenario the bottleneck
7: system mm. the bottleneck syndrome yes that's going on in uh, in, in Man City at the moment where they're dependent on uh, on Holland to get their goals and uh, with that the, the wealth is not being spread around which makes makes Man City less of a dangerous team now that's to our benefit because with Jesus mm. uh, he's not only a goal scorer he's a provider and he is integral to our play which makes. Not only him a dangerous player, but all of our forwards are dangerous, uh, all of our, you know, attacking players, dangerous players. He's enhanced Xhaka to a certain extent to uh, allow for his goals. He's, he's has four, I think he's got four or five goals this year as, as of right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, five goals, uh, Jesus.
7: Five, five goals with Jesus. Is that right? Uh, Xhaka, I'm talking about here.
2: Sorry, Xhaka has four. Jesus four, has five. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty that's sure Xhaka right. has four. He might have three. Yeah, I I'll believe, check I for believe
7: him. he has four. So, I mean, I mean, that's unheard of uh, in, in his history with Arsenal, in his history period. So to have that uh, and to see him as that sort of uh, uh, that sort of unsung sort of, you know, uh, dark horse sort of player come in mm-hmm. and, and get those goals is is, uh, is surely due to the fact that everybody's concentrating. They just for, uh, you know, spaces uh, in the half spaces freed for Xhaka and Jaka. Is uh, you know is cashing in on goals. Not only that, you look at the you look at to the left and the right with Martinelli and Saka. I mean, they both have five goals to this point in time. Mm. Uh, they they are considered some of the best wingers in the Premier League, and that's all because you know Jesus is freeing up that space. And not only that, Odegaard now he's the leading scorer on Arsenal with six goals. So I think uh, with Jesus being in the side. Yes, we want more goals. And yes, he's missed some obvious chances that goes without saying. And I would love to see his goal total go up. Mm -hmm. But because of his play and because of his integral play, I think, you know, Arsenal are benefiting in the whole because not only are we a more dangerous team all around because, you know, you don't know who to mark. You don't know if it's Jesus. You don't know if it's Martinelli. If you don't know, it's Saka. If you don't know, it's uh, Odegaard. If, and you don't know even if it's parte parte has been given enough space so so he can you know shoot his uh, you know shoot his howers from 30 40 yards away so again it 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 makes us a more dangerous side on the whole uh, i would love a plan b i would love that sort of switch of play but at the at the end of the day i'm totally totally satisfied with 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 jesus and i and i really am sort of dismayed at the fact that people are getting on jesus's back because at the end of the day... <sighs> Who's
2: getting on his back? Who are oh, these people?
7: Who are these people? <laughs> You're exactly right. Who are these people? Exactly. You, you have the right to be audacious.
2: We you love him. Crazy. We love him.
6: You
7: know, because at the end of the day, I mean, we're not in first place without Jesus. Let's, mm. let's, let's make yeah. it simple and plain. Without Jesus, we're not in first place. We're not. 100%. So, at, so, you know, the fact that he's not getting goals. All well, all, all good. Point taken. But at the end of the day, we're in first place. We're five points ahead of City. City would rather have Jesus back uh, in their lineup than uh, giving mm. him away because of the fact that Jesus wanted, you know, was ambitious and wanted to make a name for himself in his career, and he's totally happy where he is right now. So, you know, that's that's uh, you know, we have to we have this, you know, come to Jesus moment.
2: Got that. Mm. <laughs> <I don't laughs> I just, I'll see what you did.
7: You had to have this. Come to, you had to have this come to Jesus moment. and Realize that this man is doing, you know, the most for our side and making us that much dangerous a team. And he's mm. spreading the wealth to all of our players. Yes, we can add a certain striker in for that for those Plan B moments. But would I exchange for Jesus for anybody else in the league right now, I wouldn't. I simply wouldn't. I think he's
2: even intent- Haaland. I offer you Haaland, Elliot.
7: Oh, okay. Haaland is one thing, but. <laughs> But at the end of the day, City are struggling now. They're yeah. struggling to keep up with us because of the fact that everybody knows concentrate on Holland and you basically nullified, uh, you know, Man City's attack.
2: Mm. No, I think so, the argument around the Holland thing is that you go, why would I swap anyone right now when the group, as a collective, have brought us to first place in the league and five points clear? You know, someone said to me, if I, if I offer you. Pet Guardiola instead of Arteta, who I consider to be, on paper, the best coach in the world. You know, right now, I'm not swapping because I want to see where this season goes. I want to see what this team achieves. And on Jesus, just to respond to your point, and then, Mohamed, I know you've got to bring out something else. Um, With Jesus, I did, and I've just um, tweeted out as well, I did my player ratings for the whole uh, of the squad, all 24 players this season. And I gave Jesus a seven, and I sat back and I thought, I still think I've been too harsh on him. And the reason why... The reason why I gave him a seven was because, you know, I just I just want more. I want more from it and I expect more and I think that he can deliver more. But I, I didn't really, and I thought an eight, you know, say if I'd have given him an eight, which I gave to both Saka and Martinelli, I gave eights to. Mm. And I thought that, I feel like Sakura and Martinelli have really delivered for me this season and I just feel like if Jesus had put away some of the chances against Southampton and had put away some of the other chances being given in some of the other games I could give him that 8 because he's the number 9 you know I still expect goals from him and he should really be our top scorer because he's had the opportunities to be our top scorer he's not lacked service in any way so I felt as though a 7 was fair but I did the Arsenal lounge show on Monday and Mo asked everyone in the chat box what they thought and most people said they'd give him an 8 which is fine you know if people think that an 8 is more fair that's fair but it was just the reasoning behind that i just i just think i want a bit more from jesus in terms of goals and i think if we get that in the second half of the season which is very likely because he's capable of it we could really see this coiled spring of a team that's sitting top of the table explode into something even better and you know who knows what's then possible um Mohammed, raise up your second yes. point and i'll go take one point from each of you and then we'll move on to our next two yes, guests sir.
6: Main point, I tried this morning to, I, I wrote it in the chat and you didn't uh, read it. It's a very uh, busy
2: chat box, Mohamed. <laughs>
6: <laughs> These never messages mind.
2: scroll up like crazy.
6: Ne- never mind. Uh, I will raise my analysis and my point concerning Zenchenko and Terni. For me, between, between practices, mm. unpopular opinion. For me, I'm more confident when Terni is playing, not Zini is playing. Mm. For me, Zini, I know There are different players. Zinni, this uh, gives us more creativity with this inverted role. Uh, As uh, Arteta plans, I get it. But for me, Arteta is wrong. Why? Because not every match is suitable that Zinchenko can can start in it, Uh, especially. um, I prefer Terni to play at the starting lineup, away from home, away from home, Tom and versus the top six. I think Terni more assured defensively.
2: Yeah.
6: Uh, also, he's more direct going forward um, with his overlapping with Martinelli and with, the, with his crosses. If you go to the last match against Wolves, they exploit the space behind they Zinchenko do. all the match. And Godis went one-on-one with Ramsdale and he could score. And Traore also. And previous matches against United and other matches, the same thing. I Against top teams, top six, or away from home, I think the weakest point in our defence is behind Zinchenko. So for you think, me, though,
2: that maybe the most potent part of our attack is on the left because we have Zinchenko as well bringing what he brings in the forward line?
6: Yes, but, but when I'm watching... Uh, I'm always worried that the other team will exploit this space and they could score at any uh, time uh, against mm-hmm. Wolves, even we are controlling the match and other uh, matches. So for me, Terni must play the away matches and against uh, top teams. Zinni can play the, the home matches all and against the so-called uh, Lesser side. So for me, this is a key point. And against Wolves, I was waiting to enter after the first goal to close mm. this space. And it didn't happen.
2: As I think it, he was ill, is the rumour I've heard. Yes. And yeah. you,
6: if you remember, Tom, Zini lost the ball outside our area and yes, Wolves did. scored. So uh, Zinchenko is worrying defensively. It's very worrying. So this point is a main point for me.
2: Elliot, I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this, actually, because I think the Mohamed's raised some fair points, you know, about the dynamic between both Zinchenko and Tierney. So what are you feeling about the debate?
7: Well, listen, I mean, Zinchen- uh, Zinchenko is, you know, is a, uh, you know, is a technical savant, as I've, I've said before on your channel. And he is, uh, he is a guy who, you know, instantly, uh, you know, allows for our possession game to uh, be taken up a couple of levels. And part of the reason why we are in first place is because the uh, Zinchenko, along with Partey, allow us to retain and to distribute uh, to distribute balls that much more smoothly. Now, again, Tyranny's an old school left back. He's uh, he, he's an up and down, uh, you know, hardworking Scott. and you know he, that should not be denied. But in, in order for us, mm. in order for us to succeed, to be the best, we need technical uh, we need technical security and ball security, and that's what Zinchenko brings. So you know as much as 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 you know um, as kieran tierney is a great left back and i think mm. you know he, he he suits the he suited our style in pa, in the past and you know I, I still see him as a as a great player going forward and wish to keep him here but the fact of the matter is you know we're moving to a style where we need our left uh, our left-backs to uh, be that much more te- uh, technically secure. And that's what Zinchenko does. Now, again, his his, uh, his injury record is not exactly exemplary.
2: Neither uh, Zinchenko's.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Zinchenko injury record is not good. He missed, <laughs> he missed more than half of the matches. <laughs> there, you
7: go. there you go. He's like our new partay for some reason. Like, <laughs> yes. you lose one, you get with another. Anyways, you can't win for losing. So here's the thing. I mean, we, we have to Uh, you know, you know, we, we need that. We need Kieran Tierney nonetheless, because again, he, you know, he's missing, uh, you know, Zinchenko's missed half the time, but when he's here, we're that much better. It's sort of like Partey when he's here, we're, you know, 10 times better. And until we find someone who can back up uh, uh, Zinni with uh, that sort of, uh, with that sort of same ball possession, technical security, and yet, uh, you know, be that much more uh, injury free, then mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know that's great uh, for things going forward. But at the end of the day, is Tierney the right guy for the job now? No, he's not. Because at the end of the day, you know, we see, we've seen what happens as soon as we we, we soon as we brought Zinchenko into Chelsea, the difference was clear. We controlled that game from start to finish. Yeah. Chelsea couldn't get <laughs> couldn't get a, a you know time on ball period and, and anything they 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 created they, we snuffed out to a certain extent. Yes, you know, of course, Tierney is better defensively. That goes without saying, and you know you had Ramsdale shouting at Zinny. And- yeah, he was yeah. in the Wolves match, but you know, you know, like it or lump it, we still have all these clean sheets with Zinchenko in the lineup, and that speaks uh, goes to speak of the collective defensive solidity that we have at the moment. But uh, if, if given a choice, Zinny's the guy.
2: Fair enough. I think both of you have raised really good arguments for both players. Uh, I'm going to thank you for your time because we've got a couple more guests to jump on. Mohammed, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for being patient as well. Tell people they can find you if you would like.
6: Uh, on Twitter, at Mohamed Yarakitin. And, of course, I hope talk to you soon, soon. Tom, not uh, after three months.
2: <laughs> yes, I will try. I will endeavour to make these more monthly, regular things. Time permitting, of because, course. Yeah, you know,
6: because, you sorry. know, we have many points and the time is not helping.
2: Absolutely. Elliot, thank you for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. It's my
6: pleasure, also, always to be with you. You
2: are a great journalist, Tom. Thank Thanks, you. man. I appreciate it. Elliot, yeah. pleasure as always, my friend. Thank
7: you, sir. Uh, you caught me on my lunchtime, which is great. You know, it's,
2: uh... <laughs> I'm always catching you on your lunch break, mate. Oh, right? That's well, how it works. Which <laughs> 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 is Lovely crazy, stuff.
7: actually. I was working from home today uh, with uh, some snow happening outside. So, again, it, uh, it's it's uh, it's a nice little winter wonderland out here in Canada. And uh, go to Team Canada in the World Cup this year. So, again, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing that first time in 35 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. There Amazing. it is. Uh... <laughs> indeed. Anyway, Cheers, indeed.
2: lads. Have a fantastic rest of your day. And I'll see you very see you. soon. Have a good one. See you, time. Month absolutely see you. see you later. Massive thank you to Mohammed and Elliot for joining us. Uh the next two on my list. I can see uh Mohammed there as well. Mohammed, please please be patient. I've just got two people ahead of you, and then we'll get you on. Uh, we've got James and we've got Bill. How are you doing, you two? James, oh, you got a camera? There we go. Uh ML reaction. You've been in my chat box a long time. It's good to put a face to the name. How are you doing?
5: I'm doing quite funny.
2: Good Good stuff. Stuff. I, I'm really, really, really glad to get on the channel finally after a long time. Bill, pleasure to meet you. How you doing, yeah, my friend?
4: Pleasure, Tom. Doing great, uh, as all the Arsenal fans have to be at this point. You know, getting a little dizzy being up here at the uh, top of the league for uh, so long, getting a bit of vertigo. But I love it. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, you can't really
4: complain too much when you're sitting where you are in the table. Uh, where are you joining us from, Bill? uh joining you from uh indiana in the good old us of a lovely stuff
2: james where are you joining us from um kingston jamaica oh brilliant stuff and what point james did um, then, you call in to bring up today
5: um to be honest i've been thinking about
2: um and i we keep. James we've got a little bit of a connectivity issue uh, at the moment we're really struggling to hear you I don't know if you can use a different microphone or maybe you not use airpods I don't know if you're using airpods at the moment but they're pretty bad for microphones so I'll come back to you Um, in a second James (laughs) they're they're a little bit slow I'll come back to you in a second once you maybe change the microphone okay I'll bring you back on shortly Uh, Bill talk to me about what point you you want to raise quickly
4: yeah uh, I mean I really what I've wanted to kind of talk about is uh what gave us the platform to really have this season uh that we've had thus far and that's the uh, preseason that we had uh just it feels like this preseason we did a lot of things right uh, mm. i mean getting the players in as early as we did uh has it really gave us that foundation to uh, you know hit the ground running so to say so to speak uh, and then, uh, also just the games that we played, the, uh, you know, ability that we had to really test out that new team. Uh, you know, we were, you know, we just had that, pre uh, preseason tour in, uh, the U S there wasn't a lot of traveling that they had to do. Uh, so they really had all that time to get prepped. And I just think that that's been a huge factor, uh, in being able to, uh, get us to where we are at this point.
2: What? what do you think is the direct contributing factor to why we are where we are? Like, what would you put it down to mainly?
4: I think at this point, it, one of the big things is probably that uh, it. we've all been saying, well, let's give Arteta, you know, time to get his team together and let's see what he can do with that. Mm. Uh, and now I think he has that. I think it, you see that, you know, a majority of these players have either been signed or brought up uh, under Arteta, or at least given a majority of their minutes in the ter- in you know terms of like Martinelli and Saka, I mean they were brought up before that, but uh, they've really been molded under Arteta, uh, and I think that's a big thing. Like it, prior to that, he had been, only been working with you know the pieces that he was given. Now he really has the team that he wants, who can play in the way that he wants. Uh, And I think that's been a huge contributing factor to us being able to uh, play the way we are and dominate the games in the way that we're dominating.
2: Yeah, I think that the dominance is the key, you know, difference when you look at when we first had Arteta come in. Do you remember we went to that back three to really try and arrest our defensive issues? And we were playing quite a lot on the counter at times. And even though Arteta wanted to impose his style of play on the team, he... Without the personnel, we couldn't. And I think that the way in which we've recruited has then led into this kind of evolution, if you like, of getting Arsenal to a stage where we're seeing games like we saw against Chelsea. I love the Bournemouth game earlier on in the season where we just completely suffocated them from any kind of opportunities whatsoever. And now it's got us into a place where we're able to beat Liverpool, beat Chelsea, beat Spurs. You know, we've. I think I saw a statistic that people keep uh, bombarding my chat box with happily because I love seeing positive stats like that. Um around the idea that City have actually played weaker teams than us and we've played more top-half teams, I think, than they have this season and yet we're coming out with a higher uh, points total, which is a great thing to look to. Obviously, how that will change in the second half, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, let's see if James, if we've sorted out the, the issues. James, can you hear me, my friend?
4: Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
2: I can indeed. The only issue I've got now is I can hear music in the background, (laughs) (laughs) which I might get copyright strikes for. So I'm just going to mute you quickly. Is there any way of the music being turned off? Because otherwise I'm going to get a copyright strike. So no, there isn't. Uh, James, on the next uh, monthly phone-in, phone-in again, and we'll get you on just next time. Make sure there's no, no music in the background. Otherwise, the, the video will get taken down. But I really appreciate you jumping on, James. And I'll, I'll speak to you next time, OK? Thanks, mate. Really sorry about that. It's, it's a shame when things don't work. out like that. And uh, for anyone that does want to come on, I suppose I should have put that in the comments. So I'll say that's my fault. Just make sure there's no like, music or stuff playing in the background because obviously it can get flagged up by YouTube. Um, Bill, let's come back to you briefly. And then we'll bring the next uh, couple of callers in just to finish off the show. Um, I asked, the, uh, I asked the question at the start of the show to uh, Albert and King about the tweet that I saw going around about the idea that if Arsenal now don't win the title, it could be for some considered a failure. When you kind of see that argument, do you think there's any credibility in that or do you think it would maybe be a bit of an exaggeration of where Arsenal are right now?
4: I think it really is a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, you wouldn't have called it a failure if Leicester had, you know come in second uh Mm. in that 2015-2016 i suppose people would
2: say that we're not really leicester though
4: (laughs) 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 but still the the expectation at the beginning of the season was really never that oh arsenal are gonna challenge for the title i mean you'd have to have been really optimistic to have that viewpoint uh going into this season but it the at the beginning it was always top four we're looking to really secure that uh top four place, uh, get back to the Champions League and really make it sustainable uh, has been another big thing. We don't want to, you know, jump into the Champions League and then jump right back down into that fifth through eighth uh, group. And I think we've uh, really set ourselves up well to do that. But to say that not winning the title would be some sort of failure uh mm-hmm. i don't think that's I, I think that is a bit of an over exaggeration there uh, now it i guess it depends on your uh definition of failure because yeah. uh, i mean for me personally I uh, you know even if we come in second uh this season uh and it's because you know we put up a really good fight but man city are Man City, mm. uh, then I really can't consider that a failure. But if you know City are dropping points left and right, Liverpool don't catch back up, nobody really gets their footing, and yet we still somehow uh, stumble down, then there there is an element of failure in that. But the season as a whole uh, would still feel almost like a success to me. Uh, and I mean it, that could be considered, you know, sitting on the fence a bit. But I, I just think. Uh, You know, you have to have some sort of reference point for where you're considering uh, those, uh, I guess, priorities isn't the right word. Expectations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And for me, it's the beginning of the season. We wanted top four. We can hope for more. But uh, really, that's that's where uh, I want to see us at the end of the season. Absolutely. Bill, thank you so much for your time, mate. Tell people where they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, like it says uh, right there, uh, at Goonerworks, uh, I'm in the chat when I can, uh, and I'm also on Twitter, at Goonerworks, uh, and uh, you can find uh, my blog uh, at goonerworks.com. Uh, I try and write uh, about Arsenal when I can.
2: Lovely stuff, mate. Really appreciate your time, and thank you for jumping on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Have a good day. Appreciate it, mate. Massive thank you to Bill for jumping on. We're going to move to our final, what is going to be three uh, guests to make up the end of our today's phone-in show. Let's bring in Mohamed. Mohamed, how are you doing, my friend? You good, you well? Hi, Tom. How are you? Very good. No music playing in the background, which I appreciate. <laughs> no music, thank God. Lovely <laughs> stuff. Also joined by Mobay. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel?
8: Hey, Tom, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So and Like my fellow Jamaican, I'll make up for him. I'm a Jamaican. Oh, myself. No music that, in the mate. background.
2: I appreciate <laughs> I feel so bad for James. I really want to get James on he's been a long-time <laughs> listener of the channel. But I appreciate jumping having... on. And finally, we've got Abdul as well. How you doing, Abdul? Good, how are you, Tom? Very good, thank you. I appreciate all three of you joining. Mohammed, where are you joining me from? Egypt, Cairo, Egypt. Oh, fantastic. Moba is joining us from Jamaica. And Abdul, where are you joining us from? Canada oh fantastic another person enjoying uh, a 35 year uh, end of, of Canada not being in the World Cup of course this yeah, year so, 100% I absolutely. finally
1: got a team to actually cheer for in the World
2: Cup so <laughs> absolutely and to be fair maybe, the way that Jamaica are going you know recruiting some really fantastic talent we might see Jamaica in a international Yeah, we, need
8: to, we need to get Ivan Tony to, you know, to come on and help us get to the next World Cup so that's <laughs> Well, after
2: waiting. the way Southgate <laughs> treated him you never know these days so fingers crossed but yeah I mean this has been great players um, I see that Jamaica are targets and so yeah but best of luck I really want to see Jamaica in a tournament so um, Mohamed I'll start with you mate tell me what is the point that you wanted to join in and raise uh, all right. I want to talk about the uh,
0: this break. Um, people are uh, talking about whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I know, of course, uh, in our situation, you'd like to capitalize on the momentum you have. So ideally, you would love for the games to continue. However, uh, I'd like—I don't know—call me uh, brand me optimistic, but I think there could be a blessing in disguise here we know that we will have to uh, rely on our second uh, team uh, at many points across the remaining remainder of this season whether we like it or not and i know people are talking about the brighton game however yes i'm also i was not happy about the brighton game however when you when we judge our second team it's tough to judge them when they're playing like the full nine out of the uh, 11 players on the pitch are from the second team, as opposed to bringing in one, two or even three from the second team up to the playing with your main team when you see them playing on a different level. So for this break, and I build on what Bill was saying, your last caller about how successful our preseason was, I see this mini preseason as a golden opportunity for us to really get our second team up to the state that we want, because it's not just about their capabilities. We know there are good players in those guys, but it also has to do not just about the capability, but also about their understanding of the the, the system and the way the team... When you see our first team, they can play with their eyes closed. They know where every other player will be. We need this. So if we can't capitalize on this mini preseason, I think it will do us a world of... uh, Use and it will become very useful to bringing in the players, the likes of Marquinhos, the Nelsons, the Vieiras. Vieira, for example, he's missed the whole preseason. So uh, I'm optimistic about this uh, preseason. I think it could help us. I'm also optimistic about the uh, tournament in Dubai. Yeah, mm. it's, so, it's yeah, unsurprising good,
2: you're a subscriber to this channel, exposure. being an optimist, Mohamed. To be honest, because <laughs> we're very optimistic here, which we appreciate. Um, on the point of the World Cup, I. So you know, I was I had to do, we were uh, challenged uh, Football London to do a, a panel piece arguing mm-hmm. whether or not we thought it was a positive or a negative that the World Cup was here. And me being the optimist that I am, went down the route of trying to argue that there is positives to take. I think you've raised some fantastic points about, about the integration of some of the fringe players, the opportunity that those players are also going to hopefully get as well. Because if you think about it, Fabio Vieira, for instance, didn't get a pre-season in the summer because he was injured. He had that torn away from him. So he'll be able to hopefully get more integration going on through the winter months so that in the new year, maybe we see a completely different Fabio Vieira to the one that we've seen. I think that the players like Martinelli and Jesus aren't necessarily going to play loads for Brazil in the tournament. They've got that big morale and confidence boost of being selected. But then you don't necessarily have the combination of any risk of injury because they're not going to play as much. So I think that's also a good thing to think about. And then you've got the overall rest of the squads that, that are going to get the opportunity now to have some break. I think the uh, the players that haven't gone to the World Cup get 10 days off. And then those that, that when they finish their duties with their national team, they'll also get uh, around 10 or maybe just slightly under 10 days off as well. So there are more rests available to them. So, yeah. Absolutely, it's a massive key point. I can see people in the chat box as well raising points about how they feel about international breaks, uh, which is never a positive thing for big club fans. Uh, Mobe, uh, thank you for joining me. First of all, raise the point that you wanted to call in with, my friends. You're on mute at the moment, so you'd have to take yourself off that. Oh, you see, you I've go. got your back, mate.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I want to raise the point about the, the transfers. and um, We see a lot of mm. things going on around with Modric and um, Danilio, you know, heavily linked with the club. But I just I just want to raise the point that I don't want fans to really lose their head when we don't if we don't sign these players. We've seen it before. You know, it's 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 heavily linked right now. And we've seen it with, you know, um, Douglas from Aston Villa. None of us wanted him. the last minute in the window everybody wanted him and it wouldn't assign him he was the best player in the league and look at it now we we, we don't even didn't even need a player like that you know give us the opportunity now to go and actually sign the player that we really do want or Arteta really do want so I just want to raise the point if you just you can't just listen to the media and say you know we're going to sign this player and if Arteta don't sign him then January is a failure he might go out and sign somebody that we don't even know uh, you know, he's talking about maybe they don't sign anyone. I do want him to sign someone, just, just so you know. But I don't want us to think it's the season is a failure just because we don't sign the player that the club is linked with at the moment. Um, I think there's more players out there than we think. You know, that can fill a yeah. spot. You know, there's scouts out there that do a better job than we can do on Twitter. Um, and I think we should just trust the process <laughs> with I'm our tech. Always teka. there, the buzzwords. <laughs> <if you're laughs> right yeah. You know, trust them and, and let's see what we do in January. But yeah, very optimistic about the January transfer window. But just not, you know, zoning on just one player and say, if we yeah, don't yeah. get this player, it's a failure, something like that.
2: Yeah, I, I talked a bit about this on the morning show, actually, um, and talked about the idea of, like, I, like you, and I think everybody here wants Arsenal to go out and sign, you know, a really important player for the team that's going to push us towards whatever we might achieve come the end of the season. But I also don't want us to revert back to type of just recruiting for the sake of recruiting. You know, I don't want us to invest money in the wrong player. And I don't want us... And I think we might have done that in the summer if we'd assigned Douglas Luiz. I think that might have been the wrong mm-hmm. player... To mm-hmm. invest 25-ish million pounds in, but the club felt that they needed to in that moment because of the injury situation with El Nenny, which was obviously a frustration. There's an arguable criticism that the club maybe should have been more prepared for that and had someone ready to bring in a midfield because we know we're going into January with El back and we still want a midfielder. So maybe we should have put more effort and time and investment into that area back in the summer. That's gone, that's done, we've moved on, you know. And now I think yep. we can try and address that in January. I agree, with, we you. Could I have agree the same, with you. We could have
8: the same problem with the Velovic situation. If we had got him when we were linked to him at that time, Jessus would have been at the club right now. You know, so we we, we, we said that we wanted Velovic. All of us wanted him. He was He's a great <laughs> player. Not having the best time at Juventus right now. But if we had got him, Jessus wouldn't be here now. There's no way we was going to spend that kind of money on Velovic and spend $45 million on Jessus. So we just have to trust the process and just wait and see what it goes. It might be the end of January. It, it's gonna be. I think it's going to be a long transfer window because we all want that signing to be right at the beginning of the transfer window. I don't think it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. let's just wait. Let's see. We have El Elneny back now. So it's not an emergency like right now to get, you know, a yeah. defensive midfielder in at this minute, you know. So it might be at the end of the window. Just leave the board and let it do their thing, and let's trust Edu and see if we can get the player that we need.
2: That's twice you've said trust the process. I'm going to start giving you a swear jar in a minute. No um, but no, I think uh, I, I think that we will see movement. I think we will see investment. I think the club recognise, you know, the feelings I get from speaking to a couple of people is that they they absolutely recognise the position they're in and they don't want to undersell the potential that this season could bring us. Now, it might not mean that we win the title. You know, that would be an unbelievable achievement for Arsenal to win the title this year. I wouldn't describe it as a failure, you know, as we've been talking a little bit about on, on the ch- on the channel with some of the suggestions that have been coming through. I think it's fine that someone wants to raise that point of view, that being five points clear going into Christmas, although what I would say is that typically when you go into Christmas, you've played right up until Christmas rather than stopping at the start of November. Um, But what I do think is that I think that we've got a potential to do something special, And at a minimum, finish seconds, really. you know, Because at the moment, I'm looking and going, who on earth is going to finish above Arsenal besides City this season? If anyone finishes above Arsenal, something has to go wrong for us, significantly for anyone other than City, I think, to finish above us. But yeah, fair point. Uh, Abdul, thank you, first of all, for joining in and calling in. Tell me the point that you wanted to raise.
1: Yeah, so um, actually the biggest point here is that um, I don't think anyone realized, or um, not many people realize, is that the World Cup, the beauty of it is that you find talents there that were unheard of before, right? So, mm. um, since January is coming up, I think what Arsenal should be doing is they should be realizing what positions that they want to fill in. I'm assuming Party would be one of them because if Party's injured, I think our team's going down <laughs> down the drain. Yeah, so. he's massive, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I would I would look at the World Cup as an opportunity to find players that were unheard of before or that no one was aware of or maybe if people thought that their ceiling was up here but in the world cup they showed up that they can go all the way up up there right so um it should be an opportunity that our the arsenal should look for um and just to like fit to to fill in those spots because i i do not think we're gonna win the league if we're just gonna keep going at this rate because and i'm also happy that we have a break right now because During the last couple games, the players were were not were not playing at the same level. I mean, we're not gonna well. Even in the Wolves game, it was a little bit shaky, like in the middle. In there, I was a little bit worried when the Wolves started like taking the upper hand. But um, the intensity that I saw at the beginning of the year, it was slowly going down because the players are getting tired, right? And Mm -hmm. some of them had uh, and like like Party was injured for a little bit, and then the um, other players that were supposed to be on the bench that are supposed to be the replacement are injured as well. So um, I would really focus on the recruitment. I would focus on the world cup, try to find the talent here and there, see if those will work and bring in the backup that, that we need in January. Cause I do not like party when we're not playing without party. I'm always, I'm always scared. I am always scared. (laughs) And the fact that we won the Wolves game just proves how important like he he is like even when we were a little bit crumbling we were still we still held on we still ha- we we still had the game Odegaard stepped up Martinelli stepped up and as you mentioned like we need a little bit more of Jesus but with Jesus I think the problem isn't. Well, there's no problem, really. I think he's doing exactly what Arteta wants him to do. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's the, and I think the style that Arteta wants the striker to play is very, very difficult, and not any player can do it. And if you were to tell me which player would fit Arteta's system more, Jesus or Holland, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this, but I'm gonna say <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah. Because Holland is a player who likes to score. And I think mm. Arteta's style from a striker perspective is he wants him to gain all the pressure on himself while leaving the wingers open. That's why you're seeing Saka score. That's why you see Martinelli score. That's why you see Odegaard coming from from, from behind and, and, and scoring. Because he's is just that big threat in there that he's just giving all the all the opportunity to, to, to all the other players. That's why he's getting assists, right? Yeah. He's not scoring as much, but he is scoring a little bit and he's also getting some assists. And I think that's what Arteta wants from 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 his player which is why Abameyang didn't work which is why Lacazette didn't work they were atrocious they could not for the life of them do what this guy was was asking of them and I was a huge Arteta critic um in the past I've always known since day one the first couple years will be but will be very hectic but he 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 will gain the experience and from the first team that I saw him when we won the FA Cup I'm like okay so this so he knows what he's doing. He just needs mm. that that experience against the more experienced managers, which is fine. But then last year made me question a lot of his decisions, his his the way he manages his players, and the reason well, the year I was before like, last when yeah, we finished that. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 because yeah. Be, 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 like like because he was like the issue he had with Aubameyang o, Ozil had issues with with all managers. Fine, whatever, right? Yeah, but he had issues with Aubameyang. Um, Ozil. Oh, yeah, Ozil is one of them, but Ozil had also positive measures too, so we're going to think. But the <laughs> Saliba issue is a little bit, for me, questionable. I know that he he gained the experience from outside, but I'm also a huge believer that he, were, he, he would have also got the same benefit had he played in the Premier League that year. I don't think we would have got worse than eight, to be honest, if if uh, he was playing as our centre-back. And I think he yeah. would have had even more valued experience playing in the Premier League than playing in the French League. That's just my um thing. So He had a lot of questionable yeah. decisions. But if the if the management, if the owners are willing to back him and getting the players that he wants that will listen to him and not give him these issues, sure, which is exactly what what happened in the summer. They got him these players, they got him Jesus, they got him Vinshinko, Odegaard was here from last year. So all all these players, great. So far, so good. Tomiyasu, great. All these guys, they're all backing the manager, they're all agreeing with, with, with him. That's all fine. I am believing in the process. I was questioning it last year because the owners. You that's three. That's
2: three bucks. Yeah, I'm getting. <laughs> right.
1: No, no, but seriously, it was last year. It was mostly the owners more than Arteta because at the end of the day, we still need the players, right? If they're gonna get him the players for him to play the system that he wants, mm. then I like what I'm seeing. I honestly do. I'm. I, I for the first time in uh, in my life, I am
2: bragging about Arsenal. <laughs> it's <laughs> a nice place to be isn't it no it's nice yeah. it's a nice place um, to be when yeah. you can brag about being an exactly. Arsenal fan because we've not been able to do that all that much exactly. you know exactly. and it's uh, it's it's down to I think what Arteta has done yeah. and obviously the players that he's got and yeah. those around him too and yeah. you know and if you would have said I would be saying the words I'm about to say six or seven years ago and because of Josh Kroenke and the ownership as yeah. well that we yeah. are where we are and I would have said you would be mad for me giving any praise to the ownership but since 2018 when they took full control of the club you know every decision everything after that except the super league fiasco that's the thing that you have to look at on its own is just ridiculousness and they went back on it you know yeah whatever um it has led us to where we are now and so i'm yeah i'm, I'm very happy with things as, as they are um i've got a question for each of you uh, before we wrap up um and because uh, Mobe was so desperate not to get so fixated on a specific January target. That is exactly what I'm going to ask you all to do. Uh, Mohammed. if you could sign one specific player that you think would make the difference for Arsenal in their potential title challenge for this season, who would it be and why? Uh, in this Jan. In this January, yes.
0: In this January, I, I would sign um, Declan Rice. Wow, really? So you think
2: we could convince Declan Rice to join us in January?
0: Uh, convince him yes of course it's uh, just for me it's just a question whether we're willing to uh, pay the uh, price tag or not
2: do you think Arsenal will invest uh, money of that I'm not going to ask you whether or not you think they would invest that in January because I think the likelihood is probably that they won't but do you, do you see Arsenal spending a figure no. upwards of what we invested on Nicolas Pepe ever again um, yes, yes, but uh, I don't see us doing it uh, on
0: declarized. I'd see us mm. uh, going for uh, Danilo, for example. Uh, sure. he, who, which uh, which I see, who I, whom I see, like, in, would do eighty percent of the job and uh, would be, of course, for a much less uh, price tag. It'd take mm. a year or two to uh, fully develop into the role. But if we want a guaranteed option, this uh, Jan, yeah. I tell bit. you what, West Ham right.
2: are struggling this year. If if Arsenal went to Declan Rice and said, "Look, we can offer you a title challenge, and we're willing to pay the money that West Ham want," I'd be very intrigued to see what his answer would be. You know, I think yeah. people will. I think people will scoff at that 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 response. To be honest, man, but thinking, hmm. what are you on about? Like Declan Rice is going to cost so much. But actually, when you think about it harder, I, it would be intriguing to see what he would say to a potential offer and what West Ham. I think West Ham would be very reluctant, um, but it would be intriguing what Rice would consider. So that's fair. Um Moby, what do you think? What are you going for? You, you know what? I had a different
8: answer, but Mohammed has convinced me. There's no... Oh, if, really? If there's, <laughs> one, if, if, there's, if there's one player... Because I was going to say Danilo, because I'm, I'm thinking more of the lines of, you know, a yeah. player that we can Realism. actually get. You know, it's easy. <laughs> you know, Declan Rice is like, out of this world. He'd be that one. But for me, it'd be Danilo, because I think it's a player that we can get. I think it's a player that Edu do know. Maybe Arteta do want him. You know, I I think the midfield, as much as I want a winger, I think the midfield is more important than getting a winger. As bad as it sounds, just as it's not scoring, and we know if Martiali and Saka get injured, the Mm -hmm. problem is we have Smith Rowe coming back at some point. So we have at least another body coming back on the wing. In the midfield, it is what it is. It's, it's, It's El Nene and And that's it. There's nothing else, you know. So I I, I would say Daniel for a realistic target in January. (laughs) But if we can get Declan Rice, I would
2: convince you. I mean,
8: if we could get Declan Rice, let's get it. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, fair enough. I aim for the stars always. If you don't, you know, if you don't buy a ticket, you won't win the raffle, as they say. And finally, Abdul, who's your pick? Are you, you going to make it three for three? And go will
1: uh, <laughs> actually have a different answer. Actually, um, go for it. Uh, Yuri Tielemans, I don't know if uh, if it is possible or not to get him right now. I um, mean, yeah, all, uh, if, if Leicester uh, want to accept a bit, it's, yeah. it definitely yeah. would be. yep. Because I think he, I think he fits Arteta's style well, and I think he would, he would fit playing um, alongside Odegaard. Um, uh, I think it would, it would work. Like the chemistry between them might, might be there. I could mm-hmm. be wrong, but just from the way I've seen Yuri Titeilman's play in Leicester, I it's like and, and the way I've seen Odegaard, I feel like their their styles will um will work together. But the but my my more realistic option and what I'm thinking about is I'd probably just. Look at the World Cup and see if there are any potential targets um, during the World Cup um, that we can realistically mm. go for, and they wouldn't cost like a hundred million or anything. Maybe like something about like. Is there anyone million. you've got your eye on at the World Cup? After. That's why I'm going to be watching the World Cup, and I'm going to be starting putting my eyes on other yeah. players, especially midfield. So, um, and that's that's why I always watch the World Cups. It's like that's where I um, found like Neymar. That's where um, um, I found. Um, Back in the days when I was a kid, like, R- Rinaldinho, when he was a kid in, in Brazil, yeah. I was like, this kid's got mad talent. Like, I, I've always, like, wanted to play like him, but the his ball control is insane. But, yeah, like, it's there's always, like, these players that you find that um, – Ribery from uh, from France, like, insane talent, right? And, yeah. like, no one really knew about him until, like, Bayern was like, yo, like just, like, come to our team, right? And, um, like, these players, like, a lot of them, like, they, they show up out of nowhere – and that's the most exciting part for me when I'm watching the World Cup. I'm always looking for these players who are going to make the most outstanding performance. But if, yeah. I, but if, but if we did find nothing, I, I, I'm assuming Yuri Chimlens would be the best fit for the way Arteta plays. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you Abdul a question, a little... Tom,
8: before we go? Can course, I ask Abdul I a, a question after. before we go? Yeah. Abdul, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you when, when Parte doesn't play, you're so scared because, you know, you, we don't have any player to replace him. Does Tillemann fix that parte problem for you? Because so for
1: me, I doesn't. will I I will say that Tielemans might not fix it, might not fix it from a defensive perspective, but he'll improve our offense.
2: I think he's the Xhaka rotational replacement, yeah. isn't he? More than the parter. And to be yeah. fair, you know, we don't really I mean Fabio Vieira of course came on in the Wolves game and there's potential that Vieira could maybe rotate for Xhaka. I think Tillemans is a better option than Vieira in that left eight role. Personally, I think Vieira is better suited to playing in rotation with Odegaard more so than playing in the left eight role. But who knows? Maybe you can develop there. But, you know, I think that, that those two positions are definitely what need addressing. If we can find someone who can do both jobs, amazing. I think Danilo is a player that has the potential to do both jobs and can play both roles. We'd have to wait and see if he could, though, adapt from Brazil to the Premier League, which is obviously very, very different. What I also found interesting is all three of you chose midfielders, um, which I I'd lean more towards signing a forwards over a midfielder. I want to sign both, but I think for me, you know, the forward position if we drop Martinelli or Saka or uh, Jesus for an extended period of time, I'm worried about what's behind any three of those. Whereas I feel as though with Partey, if we do lose him, despite Elneny not being anywhere near as good as him, I think he's a a much better replacement than any of the replacements for the front three. Um, And I think that on the left-hand side, as we've talked about, Vieira has shown that he could potentially cover for Xhaka. So, I'm leaning more towards that. I left a little poll while you boys were talking actually in the chat box saying who would you rather sign, a midfielder or a forward? Mm-hmm. And the chat box agrees with you. 63% say midfield, 37% say forward. So 63% of the chat box and these three are wrong and I'm right. And that's how it works.
8: That's that Declan Rice effect. Yeah, they all want really. Declan
1: Rice. <laughs> I, think, I, I, think think, yeah, I think the issue there is that we could have had the forward issue Solved in the summer, but we just decided to yeah. sign. We uh, in Inkeria, no. which, Thank which, Kettia, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's been so obvious that he's not that she's just not working. Uh, just because he had one good game doesn't mean that he's gonna have. He had more than one good game, yeah, that.
2: one a- good game yeah. but well, I know I mean, what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, like, like there's no justification unforgettable. for unforgettable. Hundred thousand yeah. yeah. pounds I exactly. can't justify that. You know, there's nothing yeah. in me that justifies giving Eddie and Ketti a hundred grand a week. It just doesn't. We have yeah. to, we have
8: to give, we have to give. If we let's listen. If we go to say that you know Vieira doesn't perform in a weakened team. When we play a bunch of weaker players around him, we have to give Eddie that same benefit of the doubt. That's when he enough. played with the first, when he played with the first team, other guard and parting them last season, when when Arteta started giving him the chance, I mean, he did perform with a better with better players around him. He scored a lot of goals towards the end of the season. He gave us a chance. I, he haven't had I this chance this season.
1: It was it was the performance up to uh, like what was expected, but not over expectation, which is why that's that. Like if if he if he hadn't even done that performance then then i don't even think he would deserve to even be in the premier league is that's that's my only
2: take (sighs) but if, yeah, interesting. If, maybe, maybe we'll have to like, uh, maybe we'll uh, have to save this one for another yeah, funny show. Course, it would it's, be. A... <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. This I tell you. So <laughs> it's uh, But no, it's a fair debate, and I think that people will be leaving their thoughts on this in the comment section and the chat box. So, so please do leave your thoughts on on where you stand on Eddie and Ketia. Uh I'd like to take a second to massively thank everyone that's come on, and of course, Mohammed Mobe and Abdul. Mohammed, thank you so much for your time, mm-hmm. my friend. Tell people Thanks, they can find you friend. if you would like really. to. Are you on social Sorry? media? You want to tell people where they can find you? If so, uh, maybe the next time, yeah, that's fair enough. No, I respect <laughs> privacy always. Uh, great advert for NordVPN, there. Uh, Mobay, uh, <laughs> tell me uh, if you would like to, indeed, uh, where people can find you.
8: I'm right on Twitter at Mobay Good on Twitter. You can come over there, i start running some Declan Rice.
6: Stuff, now so Come on over. <laughs> you
2: can start the agenda. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, yeah. Abdul. Thank you so much. Tell people they can find you if you would like. To. Yeah. Thanks
1: for having us. Really. Um. So I don't really have a Twitter. Um. Really use my that. Facebook. But <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, like to. I've yeah. been I've been wanting to do some videos, talk like discussing Arsenal, but uh, it's been I'm I'm just too busy. But um, I do jump between Tom's channel and the Arsenal Lounge. And if they if anyone's doing a phone in, I would more than likely.
2: Jump in. (laughs) I appreciate it, mate. Thank you, boys. Really appreciate your time. Have a fantastic rest of your day, and I'll speak to you soon. Have a good one, lads. See you later. Massive pleasure uh, to be joined by so many fantastic guests on today's show from all around the world. You know, it's amazing to see kind of the level of uh, variety and uh, and backgrounds that we managed to get the show out to. And say you ever traveled, I don't know, to to Egypt to see Mohammed or to Jamaica to see Mobe or Canada to see Abdul, and you wanted to use your typical broadcasting app, and it didn't work, I'll tell you there's a solution for that, people. And that's VPN. If you go over to nordvpn.com slash Guna, your typical broadcasting apps will be able to change their geolocation back to where you use them typically. And it will be absolutely fine. Uh, It also gives you great security and safety while surfing the net with whatever you happen to be choosing to do with your time on the internet. And you can get a massive discount on the subscription as well by going to nordvpn.com slash guna. You get four months free off your subscription and a big discount as well. And if you don't like the service, you can get a 30-day money-back guarantee. Bet you did not see that one coming, people. Got that one in there smoother. ...than I ever have done before. Uh, a massive thank you to Bergie Shark joining us in the chat box... Uh, ...for their kind uh, membership. Really appreciate that. Do welcome Bergie Shark into the TGT family. And we also had a super chat earlier on in the show uh, from Harold. Uh, sorry that I didn't get to this sooner, Harold. It's been a crazy phoning show. Uh, Harold says, uh, Among first, 11 lowest salary, captain, front three... ...owes him eight assists, top scorer, redefining the number eight. Does Erdegaard get the respect he deserves and why not? Uh, in my view, no, he is my favourite Arsenal player. And so I'm always going to believe that people are underrated. Martin Odegaard, Harold. He is fantastic, deserves more praise, and I'm glad that you are putting the time and effort into trying to raise his profile even further. So absolutely worth it. Um, Thank you so much everybody that's tuned into today's show. It's always great when we get lots of different people. We've got some debutants on today, which is great, which I know that our our friend Vinny would have really appreciated seeing more debutants come onto the channel. So it's always a genuine pleasure when that happens. Um, Speaking of Vinny, uh, a few people have been asking me, I mentioned about the emoji. Uh, For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, Vinny was one of our long-serving members of the channel and sadly passed away a few months ago um he messaged me before he passed away to say that he wanted to be immortalized in the channel as one of our channel emojis and so i reached out to the best artist that i could think of in the arsenal sphere of course poorly drawn arsenal uh, and uh, he very kindly produced us with an emoji which i wanted to release at the same time as when the plaque that will go up for Vinny at the emirates now all the members or a lot of the members in our discord server and beyond donated so that we could get a plaque at the emirates uh, erected in Vinny's uh memory and that is the plan we're still waiting on when that is going to go up officially and hopefully maybe we can announce maybe when we're going to go up and visit it if people want to go and pay their respects as well because that'd be great if we could do that i love the community here i love everything that we've been able to build and seeing so many new people jump onto the channel really is a very very proud thing for me so uh hopefully we can bring you more information on that i want to launch Vinny's Emoji at the same time that we uh, launched the the plaque at the Emirates Stadium so hopefully we get some news on that soon, but I know some people have been sending me messages and asking about that, so if you're listening, I hope that gives you an answer to that and hopefully we can bring you an update on that very soon. If it is going to be a while away, I may choose to bring that forwards anyway, so there you go. Uh, Thank you so much guys for tuning in, thank you so much for being part of this amazing community, thank you for everybody that's contributed to the channel. Do continue to watch us at 8am UK time if you can, I know that it's not possible for a lot of our Western listeners, because that's very early in the morning for many of them. Uh, tomorrow morning, we'll, of course, have another 8 a.m. show. And tomorrow, I'll be heading up to the Football Content Awards in Manchester. Uh, we were nominated for Best Club Content Creator again, second year in a row. We got uh, third place last year. It'd be amazing if we got anything more. But to be honest, just being nominated is, is an absolute honour in itself. And I appreciate everybody that's voted previously and continue to vote. People started voting even after it closed. Um, which is <laughs> crazy, but, uh, yeah, thank you everybody for joining us. Really appreciate your time and, uh, I will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 8am. Have a fantastic day and evening. And as always up the arsenal. Oh, actually, no, there's one thing. I nearly ended it. There's one thing that I've been wanting to mention. Um, melissa uh on twitter uh you will probably uh, recognize um recognize her uh, from her twitter account uh has been going for a really horrible health issue um at the moment and so i wanted to send my absolute best to her and hope that uh, she gets some positive news i think i saw a tweet to suggest that she did uh, melinda i think uh, has got uh, some really positive news recently that things are turning around and improving um i will try and find her twitter account just to make sure i've got the right because it's, it's when i Yes, Melina. There we go. I've got – I said two names wrong – Melina. There we go. Uh, you can find Melina on Twitter. I think she would really appreciate a really kind message at Miss with three S's. Melina on Twitter. Been going through a really uh, horrible time and uh, I've done an absolutely awful job in wishing her the best naming her incorrectly twice. But Melina, I hope that you are getting better soon. And uh, yeah, we wish you the absolute best here at TGT. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in again. Let's try and out this show one more time. And as always, up the arse,